the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. We Shucky Ducky is the man. Oh, Shucky Ducky was a way for me to say, I am thrilled to be here. Why not just say that? Herman Kane. Herman Kane. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Kane. Thank you for joining us. Because you know we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. Because we want you to be better informed to help make this a better United States of America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Well, Jamie, did you have to walk to the grocery store? Uh, I haven't done that yet, Herman. Uh, We did get a plow that came by at the end of our block, so my neighbor and I have been digging all morning to try to dig a uh, basically a road through the snow for our cars. So we got about 30 feet left. It's probably from my driveway to the street, about 230 feet or so, I think is what we scoped it out to be. Yeah. So we've done most of it. So maybe uh, in about an hour or so, we'll be able to break through. We still we got to go after the six-foot-high wall of plowed snow at the end of the street and get through that. But we're almost free, I think. I got you. Well, and that's, that's the reason th- this is sort of normal around the area, and that's why the government's shut down again here today, because most people, frankly, can't get out of their neighborhoods, let alone the bus system isn't fully working, the subway is having issues, and uh, even the roads that are open. Imagine every uh, main commuter thoroughfare, Herman, that has three lanes. Well, it's only got two because <laughs> of the snow and everything. So uh, the schools are all out again here today, and frankly, I don't expect them to be back uh, in yeah. before next week. Got you covered. But you haven't had any power issues, No, you're, right? yeah, you're absolutely right. So I that's mean, the in, in that news. sense, I remember, I think it was, six, yeah, it was six years ago in 2010 when we had the double storms in a row and we were without power for four days. That, that stuff, that's just terrible. So with the snow, people aren't freaking out about government shutdown? Well, no, because it's, it's, an, it's, it's a, a snow day, baby. It's a day off. Yeah, I, you know, if you're working for the government and you're a teleworker, you work from home, yeah. it's, it's no good for you. You still got to work. But, yeah. You know, so uh, we'll see. But uh, I, would bet, I would bet that by tomorrow they start doing what they call liberal leave for the government, where if you want to stay at home, then you have to use some of your vacation time in order to do that. Uh, and you don't have to put in for it uh, in advance. So uh, I would think that by the end of the week, things will be back to normal. But it's a reminder, this place just doesn't, you know, we're not like New York or New Hampshire or Vermont uh, in terms of not only the money that's budgeted for snow, uh, but the equipment as well. Now, are you going to be able to get to the airport today? Yes. uh, This is one reason why I'm doing this, because I want to get to the airport today. But I should be able to do that and get to Iowa tonight and then uh, be on the ground there uh, starting tomorrow morning. And you know, we had a new poll come out, and I'm always talking about the trends that are important to look at. Uh, the Quinnipiac poll that came out today, that's always good for us to be able to look at and to look back at what they found before. And, you know, what we've, what have we seen in the other polls? We've seen a lot of movement, you know, up and down. Uh, there have been some polls in Iowa that have shown uh, Donald Trump with a big lead, some polls that have shown with a narrow lead. This one has Trump ahead by two over Ted Cruz. So, you know, that could be statistically insignificant, obviously. The last Quinnipiac poll was taken back earlier this month, just two weeks ago. That one also had Trump up by the same amount, just by two. So while we've seen him surge in these other polls, nothing has changed in uh, the Q poll. So, you know, again, it's a reminder. Every pollster has a different model. 
Every pollster has a different theory on how many people are going to turn out, exactly who is going to turn out, and whether or not they'll get out there and do it. Now, the one thing we are seeing again in this poll is how sort of lopsided Ted Cruz is in Iowa, getting an awful lot of support from those who are very conservative in the Tea Party side, whereas Donald Trump is much more across the board. And obviously, Trump is drawing a lot more from moderate Republicans, and that makes a big difference because Cruz obviously is not. The only other person, and this is pretty much the trend we're seeing, the only other person in double digits again is Marco Rubio. He is not close to Trump and Cruz, but I think he still has some growth. Uh, We're not seeing any surge from Carson, Paul, Bush, Christie, or any of the others in Iowa. So it would seem like it's unlikely, Herman, that anybody is going to jump up at this point in time and sort of get momentum going back to New Hampshire, other than, I would think, Trump, Cruz, and Rubio. Someone asked again how the caucus process works, and they do a round of votes. Is that correct? Until they get an actual uh, winner? Each party is different. Um, imagine that your precinct is in the local gymnasium at the local high school. So at 7 next Monday night, everybody shows up. There's different rules, though, between the two parties. For the Republicans, uh, everybody will get to make a speech. Everybody, you know, it takes a while. Then everybody votes, and that's the vote. So you figure out how many people have come there to vote for Trump, how many for Cruz, how many for Rubio, etc. But the Democrats, they do it so that everybody votes But if there are any candidates who get less than 15% of the vote, then those people are not allowed to be counted. You have the option at that point of leaving or the option of going to one of the other candidates who is viable. So that can change things around a little because I remember uh, eight years ago watching uh, a lot of people move around at, at different points. If, there, if uh, uh, the, the Clinton people or the Edwards people weren't viable, you could still go. And there were other candidates in the mix, and it was hilarious to hear everybody yelling, come on over here, come on over here, come with us. But the Republicans don't do it that way. It's basically like a straw vote. But it takes a while. You are not allowed just to show up and then vote. You and leave. You've got to sit through the speeches from every candidate and think how many there are for the Republicans and go through all the business of making sure everybody is registered. So a lot of the time for the caucus, Herman, you're sitting like in a high school gymnasium on the on the bleachers. You know, they get pulled out for a basketball game. Right. You're just sitting there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, maybe longer, waiting for the machinations of everything to get done. You know, who is eligible? Have you registered? Are you really from this precinct? That whole kind of thing. So it is much more, it takes a lot more time than just, hey, honey, I'm going down to vote. I'll be back in a few. And when when the speeches are given, these are designated supporters exactly. of the particular candidate saying, here's why I think you ought to vote for my, yeah, my, my not candidate. Not everybody will have sort of a, a designated hitter in that precinct, but a lot of them will be organized down to that. And so they'll decide, you know, hey, that guy, John, over there is going to speak for uh, for Trump, and Mike's going to make the speech for Cruz and stuff. You know, it might be a, a local state lawmaker. It might be a mayor. It might be, a you know, just sort of the guy down the street, something like that. It's a great scene. I, 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 I try, what I'm going to try to do, I've got a couple of things I've picked out, and i got to finalize it this weekend when I get a little more time. I like to find a site where there are multiple precincts in the same facility. Oh, yeah. I think I went to, I was in West Des Moines last time, and I think it was, they had like three uh, Republican uh, uh, precincts in the same place. I remember eight years ago, I was in one in in West Des Moines where they had uh, two Democratic and two Republican precincts all in the same school. And the hallways were just jammed with people. And I was running back and forth between like the library and the and the gymnasium and the, and the cafeteria and stuff like that and dropping a tape recorder off to record speeches and things like that. It's really an interesting. It's so much different than anything you get. And of course, being the first state, it makes it all that more apparent. 
pivotal. So after each of the precincts take their votes, let's talk about the Republican side. Then they report back into headquarters. Of how many for each candidate, and then exactly. they add them up. Got yeah. it. So it's not an all or nothing from each one of the caucuses. No. They and, add and up the number. the Democrats number. can be a little different because I think that what they have in some cases is they, they block theirs so that certain precincts are grouped together. I think this is the way I remember it, and, and have different amounts of delegates for them. So it's not uh, equal to sort of one person, one vote in that sense. Uh, certain votes in certain areas can count for a lot more. So, uh, yeah, it, it takes a while, as we saw four years ago when it was three in the morning, and we were still trying to figure out who won. Very good. The Democrat town hall meeting last night, were there any new trends from that, or did you get a chance to watch it? You know, I thought what was interesting was what they did was, they had supporters of the three uh, candidates there, Hillary Clinton, Martin O'Malley, and Bernie Sanders. Each candidate went for 30 minutes. So the first was Bernie Sanders, and then was Martin O'Malley, and then Hillary Clinton. But when it came time for Q&A, they made sure to pick people who were not their supporters. So you didn't get a softball. So you didn't get, you know, one served right down the middle that you could hit out of the park. So I thought that was sort of interesting to see how everybody would respond. Uh, Like, I think the first, if I remember correctly, the first question for Hillary Clinton was something along the lines of, hey, you know, uh, young people are not interested in you. What's the deal, basically? Why don't, you know, they think you're old and sort of tired. And and I I thought it was an interesting format. It was not an official debate, uh, but it certainly garnered a lot of attention in Iowa last night. From what I hear because I didn't watch it in all honesty. They really didn't say anything new relative to policy, relative to where they are. It was a reinforcement of things that they had already said. A lot of times the last debate, you know, in a sense, is everybody plays safe. Yeah. Uh, I remember years and years ago, I think it was 92, uh, Bill Clinton and Jerry Brown went on the Phil Donahue show right before the New York primary, and everybody thought it was going to be this hand-to-hand combat, and it was like a love fest. You know, sometimes you get down to the end, and I almost think that everybody looks at each other and says, let's not do anything dumb, and let's get out of here and back onto the trail. Gotcha. Um... Trump has threatened not to go to the Thursday night debate, but I think uh, that's just sort of to that's get Trump the, talk. Get, that's Trump talk. To yeah, get the media spinning and this sort of it. thing. Yeah. yeah, and you know it also I think uh, sort of throws uh, a high hard one under the chin of of uh, the the Fox moderators. You know to remind him to remind <laughs> them that he's going to be there and he's going to be after them. You know, uh, Trump, it's been very interesting to watch him. I really think he's almost shown more political acumen than almost everybody else in the field in the last few weeks. The way he's decided to go on the attack, the way he's taken it to Ted Cruz, uh, the way he's hit below the belt, the way he's gone after Cruz on the birther issue, which he was still hitting on this morning, and gone after him on immigration and more. Uh, Cruz is firing back again with an ad, a new ad that's come out uh, that uh, argues again that Trump is not a real conservative, but we've seen that that just doesn't seem to really dig into Trump support that much. Uh, you know, I, I find it really interesting that the the party that has in recent years, especially one wing of the party that has so vehemently tried to run people out who are supposed rhinos, you know, because they don't agree with everything. Here's a guy that definitely doesn't agree with everything that the party hierarchy would like. And yet there's a lot of his supporters that just don't care. For example, last night, Trump was talking about how he would like Medicare to start negotiating prices with the drug companies on prescription drugs in an effort to save money. That has been something that has extraordinarily strong support among Democrats. Both Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders have been that for that, and the Dems have been for it for years. But it's always encountered a lot of resistance among Republicans. So put another check mark by another issue where Trump is not on the same page as most Republicans. You know, there's two ways to look at that, Herman. Either there'll be a lot of people that'll look at him later on from the GOP and say, there's no way I can vote for him. Or Trump is really uh, sort of 
taking, you know, some things from the other side and dividing and conquering and finding a way to expand the party's reach. I don't think Republic, all Republicans would be against the concept of negotiating because that is a free market idea. It's what would go with that package that sure. might cause some of them to object. Sure. But, Very, you know, we may be seeing something different uh, that's happening right. right before our eyes. That's right. Deal making, as the man says. Yes, it is. Thanks yes, a lot, is. Jamie. See you tomorrow, Herman. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show.